Welcome to Choir Talks. My name is Greg O'Neill. I'm the worship pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist Church in Madison, Mississippi. Thanks for joining me today. The heading for Isaiah chapter 46 in my Bible is Gods of Babylon. Isaiah is prophesying in this chapter against the actual gods of the ancient city of Babylon. But Babylon in the Bible represents so much more than just that one city. From beginning with the Tower of Babel to the Egyptian dynasty to the Assyrian Empire to the Babylonian Empire and then into the New Testament with the Roman Empire and in the book of Revelation, uh, the Babylon that is uh, yet mentioned in the future there, all of these show us that Babylon represents not only that city but all societies who have risen to power apart from God and, and who act apart from God. So the point is, there's always a Babylon in every generation that wields power without acknowledging God. And the people of Babylon, wherever and whatever that looks like in each generation, always have uh, gods that they pursue. Uh, And those gods grant Babylon its power. In a lot of ways, we live in Babylon today. We live in a society that's built around depending on and paying homage to certain powers. Now, we never think of them as gods with a little g, uh, but they can take a similar place in our hearts as one of the idols did for the ancient people of, of Babylon. And it's easy to say, no way would I ever have an idol or place an idol over God. I'm not like those superstitious ancient people. But the truth is, there are many things that command our attention Uh, so that they become like idols. Let's define the word idol. An idol isn't just a a graven image uh, of a God. An idol is anything that takes the place of God in my life. Anything that occupies my heart more than God. Anything that becomes too much of a focus or, or too much of a priority that I begin to trust it and serve it more than I serve God. So what are these idols that we might live with here in our own Babylon of this time. Well, money, for instance. That seems like an obvious one. With money, we feel powerful, like we can get whatever we want. Without money, we feel powerless. That's exactly the feeling that the ancients had when they bought statues of gods and brought them into their homes. They had power with them, and without them, they were powerless. It's obvious to us from the distance of time that those idols had no real power. They were just pieces of wood or metal or stone. But you know what? Then again, money is just green pieces of paper, right? If we trust that for our security rather than Almighty God, are we really any more sophisticated than those ancient people? What about technology? I'm thinking specifically of that that rectangle piece of technology that's in our pocket right now or in our purse or wherever you keep it, that that smartphone. It seems so essential to living in the world today, doesn't it? Um, A majority of Americans report that they spend five to six hours a day using their phone. And yes, you're right. I looked that up on my phone. But just get that image of your mind staring down at that small screen for such a long time. Are they really a help to us or are they a burden in our lives? Do they serve us or do we become more like 
they're slaves as we spend so much time staring down at that little screen. What about the God of comfort, for instance? I mean, we live a life of ease compared to all other generations before us. I mean, what other generation before us could binge watch Netflix while sipping a vanilla latte on an overstuffed couch in air conditioning? You know, it's easy to to choose that over getting out and crossing the street to go uh, spend time helping a neighbor. It's easier to spend time with my friends rather than going out to serve in a soup kitchen or, or or help with the the needy. It's easy to spend uh, that extra hour sleeping in in comfort rather than getting up early and and, uh, serving in the preschool at my church. Comfort is a big thing to us, and we will often sacrifice other things just to make sure that we have it. There's so many more things. I don't want to spend so much time on, on potential idols, but some of them are relationships, uh, the approval of others, uh, our own security, our sense of self and identity, uh, sex, uh, the need for status. All of these things can rise to the level of being an idol in our life. So thinking about Isaiah chapter 46, here's, here's what it sounds like. Bell bows down and Nebo stoops low. Now, I know you don't know those names, but those are two gods of Babylon. You might recognize them a little bit if you think about the kings of Babylon, Belshazzar and Nebuchadnezzar. Um, those, uh, both of those kings took a name that was associated with a god that they thought to be powerful. Bell bows down, Nebo stoops low. Their idols are borne by beasts of burden. The images that are carried around are burdensome, a burden for the weary. They stoop down and bow down together, unable to rescue the burden. They themselves go off into captivity. All right, so you get this picture of these gods who are, are powerless. When he says they go off into captivity, he's really referring to the fact that when one kingdom conquers another kingdom, the typical thing to do was to take their idol statues and bring them back into captivity as a sign to the people that your God, the thing that you thought powerful, is less powerful than our God because we have captured him and brought him into captivity. So listening again here, he says that the idols uh, are a burden. They're born by beast of burden and they themselves are burdensome. So that really rings true. When I think about the idols that we were talking about earlier, you know, think about um, staring at our phones for hours each day instead of uh, noticing and spending time in the beauty of the of, that God has created around us. That seems burdensome if you think about that. All the things that you would go through just to prove your worth to someone else, to gain their approval, the hours that you would stress to to take on a gain for just a little bit more money, those things are burdensome. Whatever your idol is, you're carrying around an unnecessary, life-consuming burden just like the people of ancient Babylon. And then he points out the word carry. The word carry comes uh, is mentioned, I think, four times in this passage, and he says that the images, those idols, have to be carried. And that's a funny thing to point out. These things that the people trusted for power have no power to even move themselves. They can't move from one place to the other unless we carry them. So it makes obvious that there's no real power there. But just like 
uh, those ancient people, for us today, it's so much easier to trust in something that you can see rather than the unseen God, even though we know in the end the things that we're trusting don't have ultimate power. I mean, would you really rather go off into an unknown future trusting green pieces of paper, the flaws of technology, status that you get from other flawed people, or would you rather trust in God Almighty who had the power to create the universe just with his words? Reading on, here's the beautiful part of this passage. He says, Listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnant of the people of Israel, you who I have upheld since your birth, and I have carried you since you were born. Here, that word carry has changed now. Not carrying the idol, but God carrying us. He goes on to say, Even to your old, old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who sustains you. I have made you, and I will carry you. I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. And that's, that's beautiful to me. God carries us. The idols um, never really did anything for the people of Babylon, but the living God says, even to your old age, I'm the one who's going to sustain you. I'm the one that is going to carry you. And then uh, the last verse I want to read you, God says this, with whom will you compare me or count me as equal? To whom will you liken me and what will you... To what will I be compared? In other words, I I am God. There's no one like me. Who are you going to hold up and depend on to be your God? So that's a good question for us to leave with. And, And just to define that or sharpen that a little bit in your mind, I want you to ask yourself, how do I spend the majority of my time? How do I spend the majority of my money? What about my mind? When my mind is not occupied, Occupied, what does my mind wander toward? What is that thing that really captures my attention, my focus, and the admiration of my heart? The God who is powerful wants to sustain you and carry you. Seek him out today and set away anything in your life that is too important, too much of a focus, or too much of a priority. Only he can rescue. Only he is dependable, and only he can save. Have a great day.